0: now listening to the king's court what's going on everybody welcome to the king's court podcast presented by sat joining me this week in making his king's court debut brian oranger i hope I, I feel like i butchered your last name but brian welcome to the show
1: appreciate you having me how are you
0: i'm good how do you pronounce the last name i should have asked you prior to the hitting record but i'm doing it now why not
1: that's all right uh oranger you were oranger. close
0: enough i was close i was close Brian is a former videographer for the Washington Wizards, an advanced scout for the Atlanta Hawks and Toronto Raptors, and has just basically been in the NBA for right around 10 years now, and I I feel like this would be the perfect time to kind of give you guys a preview of Full Court Miracle, the new podcast this is coming, and why not kick it off with Brian who's been in the NBA, has got to see a lot of these players and uh, talk about what's going on in the NBA landscape and how it's about to change. So Brian, let's start off with something that's pretty big, something that everyone's talking about to make it kind of easy. Okay. Sure. What are your thoughts on Anthony Davis going to the Lakers? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we kind of had the writing on the wall for that for a long time and, uh, everybody sort of knew it was coming, but, uh, you know, I think it'll be exciting to see him and the Bron play together and, uh, you know, ultimately he got what he wanted, but I think the Pelicans did a great job getting a tremendous amount of assets for him. And uh, you know, I think they've they've rebuilt their team to potentially be a playoff team. You know, already this season, which is pretty pretty remarkable. But uh, yeah, you know, AD is obviously a, a top five ish player in the league when he's healthy, and uh, you know, I think him and LeBron should be pretty great together.
0: You look at that two con- that that duo there, right? Of LeBron and AD. What type of offense do you expect them to be running there? Because it went from a team with Luke Walton, who actually was shooting a ton of three pointers last year, they just weren't falling. There they, they were pretty high in pace already. Now they're getting Frank Vogel, who's kind of more known for being a, let's say, a slower pace type of player, right? A slower pace type of coach. What are your thoughts on something like that, where? You know, were already and we're back.
1: <laughs> Sorry about
0: that. I didn't even know that you left. That, that's the worst part. I kept, I kept talking, like as if you were there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, oh, I think maybe he's gone, but I'm just gonna keep talking and see what happens. And you called back. Perfect.
1: We're here. Sorry, I must have accidentally hit something on the phone. I apologize. No worries,
0: there, my friend. But I was asking, so they went. Th- this team went from with Frank Vogel being a fast, up-paced team last year to now bringing in uh, Frank Vogel here, where he's kind of more known for that Indiana offense where it's a little bit slower, a little bit more sets. What kind of offense do you expect to see them running with a guy like Anthony Davis there, but also with the king, LeBron James?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think you have to, uh, to find a fair balance, I, I think. LeBron at this point of his career, you know, the Lakers, I think, played a, a top five or so pace, right, last season. And I think that was that was a little too fast for him at, at this point. I think he does need, you know, a coach that's willing to, to walk it up a little bit more, let him uh, let him post up, run a few more set plays, I think, than Luke did. And, uh, you know, that's not to say they won't, uh, won't still run and let AD, you know, get out in transition and do some of the things he does well. But, uh, yeah, I think they need to fill out that roster with, with some more shooters, obviously, and guys who can, who can make shots. So they're not just, uh, taking threes like last season. They're actually making threes. And, uh, you know, I, I know Vogel is, uh, I think he basically just runs his offense to whatever players he has and isn't, you know, dedicated only to, to one offense. I think he ran different things in Orlando than he did exactly in, uh, Indiana. So I think he'll do a good job, uh, putting them in interesting places to be successful.
0: I don't want to talk about the Lakers the entire time, but free agency is around the corner. You're just talking about, you know, filling out the rest of this roster. The cap space from what I'm hearing is varying between 24 to 32 million dollars depending on, you know, when the deal gets done and whether or not Anthony Davis is going to accept or decline that trade money that he gets. In your opinion, do you think they should go for that third superstar? Should they go for that potential Kemba Walker or do you think they should try and fill out with depth because we just seen it this past you know playoffs this past championship with the Raptors while Kawhi Leonard was amazing they kind of won it with depth they kind of had healthier bodies that pushed them over the edge uh to defeat the Warriors do you think they're going to go that route or do you still think that they're going to try and stack it with another superstar
1: yeah that's a good question you know I think it's uh it's always an interesting balance and you know if, if they happen to to miss out on a superstar, for example, I think they could, uh, you know, if they move quickly, put together an interesting roster of guys in the in the five to six million range, um, you know, and kind of uh, miss it together to, to put a good team on the table. But, you know, I think ultimately it is a superstars league. And, uh, you know, if you have three all NBA type players, you know, if you're able to get a Kemba, able to get a Kyrie, you know, to play with AD and LeBron, I, I think you have to do that. Um, you know and then like i said if you don't you, obviously you you try to move quickly and fill it out but even if you do you know if you get that third superstar i think a lot of guys would be willing to come you know try to ring chase and uh get a ring you know as a minimum type player and shooter and i think you could fill out fill out the roster with some interesting guys that way
0: yeah i kind of hope that they do the more jj reddick dwayne deadman type but like fill out the roster a little bit i want i want to see balance i want to see a competitive season where it's you don't know what's going to happen on any given night. I mi- I miss those days. I miss those days away from the super teams. Moving on here to the other side of the coin now, right? So the Pelicans were in this deal. They they lose out on Anthony Davis. So they finally move on from that. But now they bring in the new era, the Zion era. He just gets drafted last night with the number one pick. Before we look at the entire roster and what this Pelicans team is going to bring next season, what were your thoughts on Zion Williamson? What, as, as, as a scout, looking at him as a player, what... What are you expecting out of him out of his rookie year? I think we might have lost Brian again. So with this little break, I will say that this show is brought to you by All Purpose Insurance. Brian, we're back.
1: Sorry. Okay, I realize what the problem is now. won't happen again. Okay. <laughs> charm.
0: It's all right. We're, we keep it rolling over here at the Kings Court, presented by All Purpose Insurance and SackKingsNation.com. But, Ron, I was asking,
1: as an advance... No, I heard your question, so uh, you are asking about uh, my thoughts on Zion. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think he's a great prospect, but at the same time, I, I think people have put a little bit too much pressure on him, and he still, uh, still has a ways to go as a player. You know, I see a guy who can be kind of a supercharged uh, Draymond Green, a supercharged Julius Randle. Um, you know, I think he'll make his impact... Uh, with rebounds, with block shots, with uh, you know transition offense, um, you know he's a guy who can switch a lot of things defensively and just make his impact through his hustle, his energy. But you know I also see a guy who's going to struggle at least right away to fit in within an NBA half-court offense. You know I think ultimately he's a undersized uh, four-man. You know I-, I think his post-up advantage that was pretty dramatic in college isn't going to be a huge advantage in the NBA going against guys like yeah, this and Siakam and Aaron Gordon and the, you know, the size of uh, fours in the NBA. Um, You know, I think he's a four who's going to be not a great shooter for sure, at least from the start, not a great ball handler, Uh, you know, really, really left-hand dominant. So, you know, he has some real holes in his game and that's not to say he won't uh, still be a really effective player and uh, a good piece, but uh, I think he does need a lot of, a lot of skill development and has a ways to go before he, uh, you know, is in the conversation, like as an all-star, for example.
0: See, I've been getting a lot of uh, heat for, from this opinion right here, and that's that you're looking at Zion Williamson. I like Zion Williamson. I think he's going to be a really good player just because of the hustle that he brings, right? Just hustle alone is going to get you a potential double-double every single night. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be bad, but like you said, there's a lot of flaws in his game. I, I don't understand how they're already promoting him as – you know, the next LeBron and things like that, when I see him as just kind of a more athletic Ben Simmons. when And I feel like Ben Simmons coming out of college was a better prospect than Zion is right now just because of the passing ability that he had, his defensive potential at his size, the fact that they're already looking at him as a point guard because of his ball handling ability. And again, that, at, at the same exact point in their careers, neither of them can shoot. So, if, But if I had to pick one, if you're saying, hey, would you rather have Simmons or would you rather have Zion, I'm still choosing Ben Simmons. What about you? When you see the two, are they comparable in that way? Or am I just kind of crazy to compare the two?
1: No, I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely a reasonable point. I mean, I, you know, I've said I could buy maybe Zion being the best, uh, prospect since Blake, but you know, I did think for example, that, that Simmons was a pretty similar prospect and a similar, uh, talent level. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think calling him the next LeBron is, is putting way too much pressure on the kid. And, uh, you know, I think it's just an example of our expectations of him being too high. I, 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 you know, I'm on the record. I, I do. I love Simmons as a player, you know, whether he has a shot or not. I think he does a million things that uh, impact winning, you know, with his his pace, his passing, his uh, you know, his defense, his rebounding, his, his postgame. You know, he has a lot of things he does really, really well. And uh, yeah, you know, I think, like you said, the fact that he's a point guard and able to kind of. uh play, you know, in a style of Giannis a little bit, I I think is uh, really, really special. And yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold by any means that Zion's going to be ready or better than him, at least from the start. I think maybe long term, you know, he could have potential if he really, you know, can learn how to shoot the ball better since his shots obviously further along. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all.
0: Brian Orringer of scoutwithbrian.com, former NBA advanced scout and video coordinator, joins the Kings Court, making his Kings Court debut. Now, we're talking about Zion. Let's look at the Pelicans now as a whole. You know, they, they, they keep Jaleel Okafor, they have Drew Holiday, they got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. They have some nice pieces, right? But I'm still looking at this team, and I'm saying there's still a lot of holes to fill. Now, they made the right moves. They got off the Hill contract. Looks like Julius Randle opted out of his deal, so I highly doubt they're going to bring him back. What is it that they need right now? Just looking at the roster itself, what do you think they need to do to start building the, start building their rebuild, right? So, so to really start putting the pieces together on this rebuild?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think they could still definitely use uh, – the wing spot. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, been an issue obviously for AD's whole time. They never really had a a good starting caliber three uh, with him. You know, I think, you know, the hope obviously is that Ingram is that guy, but I know he's got some, some injury questions and, you know, is far from a a sure thing as a player too. But yeah, I mean, I love what they've done. uh, I've said basically, I think for, for AD, they almost got the equivalent of uh, like five top 10 picks this year. You know, they, on their roster in terms of, uh, you know, having Zion, having what ended up being, uh, you know, Jackson Hayes. Uh, and then I think, you know, Ball, Hart and Ingram all would have been potentially top 10 picks if they were in this year's draft class. So, you know, that's just to say that uh, they're far from sure things and, you know, none of them are, are surefire superstars. But I do think Ball is a is a starting point guard in the league and, you know, is a good fit with with Holiday at the two, I think Hart's a good uh, combo, you know, playing probably like a six-man role. I think Ingram, you know, will, will probably start at the three and, and, you know, has shown flashes of, of being really special. Um, so, yeah, you know, I like, uh, like we said, I like Hayes at the five spot alongside Zion. I like Okafor. I thought he really bounced back and had a really good season last year. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think they've got, got a few good pieces, but I think, once they get, like, a, a real star at the at the three spot, you know, I think that's when they become uh, a real serious contender.
0: It's very interesting to look at their team and note that they're, they're pretty close of having a max slot themselves so where they can start going after, you know, I, I don't think that it's going to happen, but, I mean, they, they're going to have the money to at least talk to some of these big free agents that are out there. And I'm not saying that they're going to land anybody, but how interesting would it be just to see them Getting the conversation for a guy like Jimmy Butler to, to fill in that three spot next to Ingram. Like, I, I feel like a duo right there would be uh, a nice little fit, but we'll just see what happens uh, moving into free agency, which starts on July 1st. But another team that I want to talk to you about, Brian, is the New York Knicks. They draft RJ Barrett. They were ready for this offseason. It seemed like that this is what they were waiting for. When the offseason comes, we are going to get a superstar. It's going to happen. You just wait. You know, tanking for Zion. They don't get the number one pick, they get number three, and they, they get a great player in RJ Barrett, in my opinion, who I really like. But it seems like their offseason is going to go from potentially looking at a combo of KD and Kyrie to possibly settling with a. Cousins and Kemba what are you what are your expectations for the Knicks this offseason do you think that they're going to make some type of move that at least makes sense for giving up KP for just basically cap space
1: yeah you know it's uh it's tough to evaluate things and I think a lot of the analysis will end up being pretty unfair to them because you know at the end of the day you know if the plan was for example KD and And Kyrie and, uh, you know, if that ends up not happening because of KD's injury or because, uh, you know, the Knicks aren't willing to kind of tank another season, um, you know, then the plan obviously changes and uh, goes on to a backup plan, like you said. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think Porzingis obviously didn't really want to be there. And I think there were also some some fair questions at times about his uh, his toughness and, uh, you know, how good of a player he really is. So I understood, uh, trying to clear the cap space, but yeah, if you end up with, with cousins in a poo poo platter, it doesn't, uh, doesn't look so good. If, you know, if you get Kemba, you know, I think he's, he's an all-star, obviously he's a really good player. And if, you know, maybe you get another real star with him, then, then they're talking a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, if the plan, like I said, was KD, it's, uh, it's tough to really evaluate things given how much of a, unfortunate uh, slant that ended up taking with the uh, the injury
0: do, do you think rj barrett's going to be that piece that starts making this transition better because i mean i liked kevin knox last year i thought he was a good player there's definitely potential there but the inconsistency was a problem it, it seems as if they're giving up on the uh frankie nicotine uh dennis smith jr was okay i'm not i don't i don't really know if i like him or not yet still like it's just he he just he just gives he just leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth sometimes when i watch him play like i just feel like he could have given gave a little bit more on the court and that may just be you know armchair scouting for for me over here but you look at this team right they have mitchell robinson solid piece they got kevin knox they got rj barrett they got dennis smith jr your just just your thoughts on this roster do you think that they're starting to move in the right direction or do you think they're putting a little bit too much into personalities that are on this on this team
1: yeah you know I think they've done a good job uh developing some pieces you know in addition to the guys that you said uh you know the cat better than I do so maybe you can even remind me but I think is is Cornette back next year. I, think, um, I
0: believe Cornette has one more year left.
1: Yeah. What about Von Les? Is, is he a free agent? I think is or... a free agent as well. Yeah, he's free, he's a free agent. agent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, but I think both those guys even grew a lot. You know, I, I know they're not uh, big names or huge pieces, but I think they, they made them into rotation players the same way they made, uh, Alonzo into a, a pretty good rotation player. And, uh, you know, Dotson, I think they got some other, some other nice potential guys there. And, uh, Yeah. You know, I think Fizdale's a good development coach and I think, uh, you know, RJ will be all right. I think he's a better prospect than, than Knox was coming in at this time. Um, you know, I think he's a, he's a creative passer, creative playmaker that can fit alongside him pretty well. Um, you know, I'm on the record still saying, I think Culver was, uh, was the better prospect. And I think Arland even is, is a, has more superstar potential than, than RJ has. But, uh, you know, he, he seems to really have a good head on his shoulders. Obviously, he has the NBA frame, the NBA pedigree, the, the Steve Nash connection. You know, he'll, he'll definitely be a worker and, uh, you know, has the right guys around him. So I, I think things are definitely trending in the right direction. And then, like I said, it'll end up, you know, coming down to which stars they, they put on the team. But I do think Fisdale deserves credit for, uh, you know, the culture he started to install there and uh you know how some of the young guys have started to uh to develop under him.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm very in- interested to see what Scott Perry's about to do this off season. If they're missing out on KD, they're missing out on Kyrie and he goes across basically across the bridge to Brooklyn and they and they and you know you look at the Knicks, they're basically the the Lakers of New York, right? Like they're always supposed to be looked at as the bigger brother, but Brooklyn is starting to make that big upswing so i'm gonna I, my next question isn't even about brooklyn it's gonna stick with these knicks these pelicans and then also the atlanta hawks here if you're looking at these three teams right they're all in the upswing they're all trying to build from the draft it seems like and make a move that just sends them over the top with that next step that next step for their franchise you're looking at each roster you're looking at their caps Brian, which team are you taking? Are you sticking with Zion and the Pelicans? You going with Trey Young, Hunter, Herder, and John Collins in Atlanta, or do you like the cap space potential and the young core they're building in New York? If you had to choose, which team would you take over?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, cap space has never won any games in the NBA, you know, so I think right. it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to hoard sometimes, but uh, at the same time, it can. It can end up biting you and it's it's been the Knicks before, you know, with the with the Amare contract <laughs> yeah. and uh some of the ways they've tried to save up for free agents uh before and you know, there there's so many teams with room now that uh at the end of the day, you know, that that's why the Middletons and the auto porters of the world end up getting max contracts, even though they, you know, are really good players but probably don't deserve that kind of money. So I think the answer with the Knicks is really just totally dependent on who they end up with. As far as uh, the team itself and the team that's there, I think the answer definitely has to be the Pelicans or the Hawks. Um, I'd probably give a slight edge to the Hawks right now, just because, uh, you know, I think that core, like you said, of uh, of Trey Herter, of, uh, you know, the wings that they picked um, alongside Collins. And I think, you know, they have potential to to get a lot of space too, right? And And even, you know, the rumor about maybe – Horford or somebody like that going back there I think that would be unbelievable you know if he played the five spot alongside the uh, Collins and I you know I think that'd be one of the best teams in the east uh, oh right gosh, away if they awesome. were to get somebody like him so I think they're probably the uh the closest to having a winner and the closest to really having their long-term core um whereas the Pelicans like I said you know they kind of just have a lot of lottery picks a lot of flyers and guys like Lonzo guys like Ingram who are you know have potential, but I think they're much further from from being sure things than guys like uh, like Trey like Collins, who I think proved you know last season that they're going to be really good players in this league.
0: I wouldn't be doing my justice here, Brian. if I didn't before I let you go didn't talk about the Kings. The Sacramento Kings had three second round picks yesterday. They made a trade with the Knicks to trade down, um, mainly just for cap space. It wasn't anything crazy. I, I don't expect a lot of these guys except for maybe Kyle Guy to To really hold a roster spot with this team, it's gonna be very interesting to see what they're gonna do with the king's cap space. are they gonna bring back Harrison Barnes and things like that but but before asking your thoughts on on you know the transition of the team what are you what are your thoughts on the king's just their development of these young players from Fox as a rookie to now this second year where it was? A fast-paced team, the ninth seed, just under five hundred. As an outsider looking in on this team, probably from a distance, what, 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 what's your thoughts on the Sacramento Kings right now and their young core?
1: Yeah, I ha- kind of have uh, mixed thoughts. I, I thought uh, I was really, really impressed with the season they had. Um, you know, I thought Fox made a made a huge leap. I thought Buddy made a, a huge leap. Um, you know, and I, I think they clearly have a a good young core. I'm I'm pretty high on Bagley. I think, uh, you know, the discussion of, of Luca or not, or sorry, Luca or Trey, you know, I, I think had better seasons obviously, but I think Bagley long-term could end up being just as good as those guys. Uh, you know, I don't really see it, uh, like some others do that the Kings had some massive failure by, by picking him. Um, you know, but, uh, then I was, I was pretty surprised to be honest with you that then after, uh, you know, being the ninth seed when, a lot of people thought they'd win twenty something games to go out and fire fire the head coach who I thought did a, a great job last season with that group and uh you know was a really good coach in Dave Yeager. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of mixed right now. I think like you said, they they've got some young talent, they've uh they've got some pieces, they got a lot of potential, but it'll really come down to, you know, how they use this cap space, which kind of veterans they end up uh filling out the roster with, and uh ultimately Luke Walton. I mean if he I think he, in L.A., had some ups and downs and, uh, you know, managed the locker room okay at times, did the X's and O's okay at times, but uh, kind of had a spotty track record. And, you know, now this is his, his second opportunity and his chance to, to really get a team over the hump, and uh, we'll see how he does.
0: Looking at what he did in LA, right, he, he had that up and down track record. You never, I, I really don't want to look at last season because I feel like last season had this big shadow of the magic. Is Magic Johnson going to let him go? So you never really got to see him at his full potential. It's also the first time with LeBron, and then there was always those rumors of he and LeBron, the age they used to play together type of thing. So I kind of feel like you can't look at last year and say, this is Luke Walton as a coach. I think you have to look at two years ago and seeing the development that happened there, right? But we've seen him now coach for a few years with the Lakers, also as an assistant, and then taking on that lead role when Kerr went out with the Warriors, how do you think his coaching style is going to mesh well with this young core that they have? Right. So they have Fox, buddy heel. That's a up and down team. They're going to look to push that pace. They have some good shooters Bagley Showed the potential of stretching it out a little bit, but rebounding wise, you know, the motor is there. Do you think that is a good fit? Do you think this is a complimentary fit that they're bringing in with Luke Walton or is it kind of like a wait and see approach?
1: Yeah. I'm I'm more of the wait and see approach. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think you're right that it'll be exciting. I think they'll let them uh, get out and and run and, and play fast and shoot threes and uh, you know play play the modern style of ball. But I, I think at the same time that he did a little bit too much of that uh, in LA even last year. Um, you know, I think uh, that was a, a young team that needed a little bit more discipline, that needed to to slow it down a bit, kind of like I said. And uh, you know, I think the knock on him as a a coach has been at least that he's a little too, uh, too relaxed at times. And I think Jaeger, I guess was, was kind of the opposite uh, critique from some people that I think someone in the Kings thought he was too tough on buddy and, uh, you know, kind of pushed guys too hard and and things like that. But, you know, I think when you have a a young team like that, sometimes that's what they need uh, at least for a few years. And, you know, the, the Kings and Vlade made the decision obviously to, to try to really, take the reins off already and go to a, you know, a more uh, upbeat coach, a guy who's a little bit more positive. And, uh, you know, we'll see if if they can handle it. It's tough to do if you don't have a a really vet-filled roster and a lot of vets who can, uh, you know, remind the young guys that, you know, winning is really, really hard and it requires a great deal of discipline uh, every single day. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how he does, and it'll be an interesting uh, experiment.
0: What are your thoughts on Harrison Barnes? Because there's a decision that's now going to be made now that he opted out. It seems as if the two are interested in bringing him back for a longer-term deal after he opted out of his $25 million player option. Is he someone that you think that the Kings should look to make a sizable investment in? Because it's from... Everything that I've read and everything that I'm starting to hear, it seems as if the Kings could be looking at making an offer right around twenty million dollars a year for a guy in Harrison Barnes. Who I, I I'm not I'm not sold on it yet. Like I feel like you can get someone that like a Damari Carroll who has that veteran playoff experience at a way bigger discount. But at the same time, I guess Barnes does meet that veterans slash still quite young to mix in what 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 have been your thoughts on harrison barnes in his you know in his career in the nba
1: yeah a lot up and down uh, as well you know i think uh, i really you know like him as a player i like him as a as a guy who does the right things and uh, seems to be kind of a model citizen uh, by all accounts but you know is that the type of guy like you said that you but you can justify paying 20 million for i i think realistically his value probably should be more like a a 12 or 13 maybe 14 million um you know just in terms of what he brings as a player which is kind of a a good player but a guy who you know down the stretch of of games uh, a lot of times might not be in your in your top 5 and and might end up you know kind of being your sixth man in in a lot of your best lineups um so yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say. I mean, if they can attract somebody else big name uh with that money and uh you know, get somebody with with more upside and uh you know, more star power than him, I, I think you have to do it, but at the same time it it is Sacramento. It's hasn't been traditionally a, a huge destination for free agents and, and sometimes you do have to overpay for guys a little bit. So, I think Barnes is uh yeah, he, he's a good good really good guy. I don't know if he's the most vocal leader in the world, but he's a uh, I think a leader, a good example, and uh, you know a good player, but uh, not a not an all star or anything by any means.
0: On the show with this, Brian, because this is something that I feel like the Kings should be all in on, it, because like you said, the Kings are a small market team. They're not they're they're not going to truly attract any big free agent, right? Like there's wishful thinking that hey, they can get in the conversation for a guy like Butler and just offer him the money and see if he fits. Uh, again, I'm not fully sold on that idea. I like this one better just because the Oklahoma City Thunder need to create cap space. They're, that needs to happen if they want to take that next step. The Kings need a center. They don't know even if they're going to bring back Willie Cauley-Stein. Bagley probably is best suited for the center position. Maybe there's something there. But here's what I suggest, Brian. I think the Kings should reach out to OKC and offer them Bogdanovich, which gets them more shooting on the floor, and find a way to make the money work to bring on Steven Adams. They have the room to take on a bad contract. Adams still has two, I believe, three years left on his deal. He's only 25 years old, which means he's younger than Bogdanovich is right now. And what he brings as a player with the offensive rebounding, the fact that he can still run the floor, I think he's an underrated offensive post player. I think he would be an ideal fit for this Kings team that already has young shooters and, you know, being able to get second chances in a guy like Stephen Adams would be amazing. What are your thoughts?
1: Really interesting. That's uh that's uh, I like it a lot. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I would really, really love it. If there was any way you could, you could absorb Adams into, into cap space and, uh, you know, give them a, a future first or some other young assets, without giving up uh, Bogdanovich, because I, I am really, really high on him. And I think he's a, he's a really, really good prospect and a good piece of that core. So, you know, I, I, I don't love dealing him, but I, I do love the idea of Steven Adams uh, on that team. And, and like you said, playing the center spot, I, I think Bagley is is better off at the four probably long-term, just, you know, as a little, little thinner frame and against the real Valanchunas of the world. You know, you need a guy who can, who can bang a little bit more Uh, Like Adams. So, yeah, I think he would be a great fit on the team. And I I think you kind of hit it on the head that, you know, he's a perfect fit. And my only suggestion, obviously, would be absolutely everything you can do to to make that trade without giving up Bogdanovich. But uh, at the end of the day, if if that's the only way Oklahoma City will do it, you know, then maybe you uh, end up having to sacrifice uh, a guy like him. So.
0: Alrighty guys, this was Brian Oranger of ScoutWithBrian.com. Brian, before I let you go, let the fans out there know where they can find you online and what you'll be expecting from you this offseason and all next season with uh covering the NBA. Yeah,
1: just uh Scout with Brian on Twitter and Brian with a Y, uh ScoutwithBrian and you can find uh, on both of those my YouTube channel, which just has a really whole lot of in-depth uh, film breakdowns on Giannis, Luca, Harden, uh, the top draft prospects, Zion, Ja, uh, Culver, all those guys. So trying to just do a lot of uh, really in-depth film stuff and uh, perspective from somebody that's worked in the league, um, you know, at Scott with Brian with a Y, like I said, and appreciate you having me.
0: I appreciate you coming on. The one video that made me want you on my show as well is your uh, Ja Morant video. That one sucked me in and I started I went down the tunnel I went down the tunnel going in, so you guys check him out, ScoutwithBrian.com. follow him on Twitter, again, big shout out to Brian, thank you so much for joining the show I've been your host today, my name is Vince Miracle you guys can follow me on all social media platforms at VMCenter, be sure to bookmark sackkingsnation.com for all of your in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings, subscribe, leave a rating, keep us trending and moving up on iTunes we highly, we we definitely appreciate your guys' support Uh, there's merch on sale, we got t-shirts, we got sweaters still going out, I know it's summertime, but who who knows people like to wear sweaters when they work out. Buy a sweater, buy a coffee cup. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, bye-bye. <laughs>